We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This Sunday episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by the rabbit hole. Bar none. This is the best analytical advantage that you can have in golf betting and DFS. If you don't believe me, and let's just say us over here at Run Pure Sports are in for quite the sweat tomorrow at Riviera using this tool. It's always going to be a good week for me when Xander Cantlay are at the top of the leaderboard. An even better week when Zalatoris is up there too. But using the rabbit hole, the big stand was Jason Day. One-fourth the ownership of Adam Scott in California. What are we doing? Uh, so my fate lies completely in the hands of Hideki and Cam Davis. I bet you can imagine how that's going to go. Uh, but I feel pretty great about my other big four. If you want to use these tools, if you want to see my model, if you want to look at the stats that actually matter, stats that are not inputted incorrectly in other databases, stats that give you access to miss fairway penalty, different types of courses, including tropical courses, resort courses, coastal courses, driver-heavy courses, driver-heavy courses in easy scoring conditions where the categories for easy scoring conditions are actually inputted correctly, you can head on over to BetspertsGolf.com. You can sign up today for the cheapest and best golf database and model builder on the internet. So you can get access to that data that I have been using to build models uh, that has given me a career, right? That I've been using over the past four years. Uh, only reason I have a career doing this is because of looking at data like this. These types of metrics are now available to everyone, uh, which is why I cannot understate the fact that this is the strongest innovation in golf analytics I've seen in my four years doing this. So betspertsgolf.com, code inside golf. Okay. That is the code inside golf, the name of this podcast, to get you 25% off. I was not expecting that. That is a big discount on an incredible and an already incredibly cheap product. Okay. So using the inside golf discount, that is the important part to get 25% off. This tool is $7 a week. Um, and that's not even the best deal. It's $15 a month. I only throw out the weekly option if you want to give it a shot and, and kind of let us prove it to you. But it's $150 for the entire year. Okay. And I think most people listening to this podcast, particularly the Sunday ones, 
know that I'm very particular about my partnerships, know that I care very much about data, uh, know that I've been doing this for a while now, uh, and I'm only going to tell you and give you the best information out there that I have. Um, and this is something special. This is something I'm really excited to be a part of. Um, and if you don't believe me, give it a shot for a week. It's $7. Uh, we've been crushing it so far, and we are going to continue to work our asses off to make this the best golf analytics database on the internet. So betspurtsgolf.com, code InsideGolf, for a whopping 25% off. Do not know how long that is going to last. Um, maybe not so long if these, uh, if these keep flying off the shelf. So sign up today. Hit me up with any questions about navigating it. Unlike other places, we are here to help. We will respond. We welcome feedback. Um, and we will not stop until this has everything that you can possibly want. Okay, Riviera Week. Uh, I've had a lot of fun at this golf tournament the past couple of days. Uh, it has played out very similar to how I've expected. You know, as I mentioned, anytime Xander Cantlay are at the top of the leaderboard, that is going to be a good week for me and for Run Pure Sports. We talked all week in the Run Pure Sports Discord about how Xander is not hurt. The wrist injury was an excuse to get out of playing Phoenix when he saw the weather. That is the type of proprietary caddy info that you get in the Run Pure Sports discount. Yes. We are very proud of that and work very hard at acquiring actually actual actionable God, that's a tongue twister. Actual actionable information to you, right? We believe that's something that really sets us apart. Um, but a lot of the things we talked about, you know, just seeing it in person, um, spoke a lot with people on grounds before the tournament started. Uh, we've been having guys on ground on our premium show every week now. Uh, it, you know, it was really confirmed to me seeing a lot of the golf course on Thursday. Just a lot of sneaking suspicions about strategy on certain holes, about players hitting driver more, taking more aggressive lines. Uh, and all of those guys, Xander, Cantlay, Zalatoris, Les, even Day, all elite drivers, powerful drivers, great middle iron players. Um, and that is not to say that I did not get stuff wrong this week. I bet Justin Thomas at 22 to 1. Whoa, that was a mistake. Uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick, 40 to 1. Yikes. Big time yikes. Um, so important to be accountable on everything. Certainly a lot of selective, selective victory lapping. Um, in the golf street. So I want to give the full picture always. And JT and Fitz were massive misses for me. Costly misses for me. Now, I still have a massive sweat tomorrow with the Xander Cantlay, Salatoris Day, Hideki, Cam Davis uh, lineup and a couple, couple other good Xander Cantlay, Zal combinations. Um, but I also played 40% Fitz. I also played 55%, 40% fits, 55% Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas was in 55% of my lineups. That was horrendous chalk, okay? Um, and I'm generally pretty good at knowing when to avoid that. Boy, did I fall for that this week, okay? But any combination of Zal, Cantlay, 
Xander, ideally Xander winning, because I have that outright as well, uh, is going to be hopefully a wonderful Sunday for me at Riviera. Perfect golf course for Xander via what I was seeing on the rabbit hole. Got the confirmation he wasn't hurt. Kind of got squeezed in a lot of contests. I have him at 12 to 14% in some of the ones I'm in. That is a steal. Okay. Uh, so it's been a blast. It's been a busy week. Watched a lot of golf. Played a lot of golf. Um, and yet still somehow have devoted an embarrassing amount of time to breaking down the Mexico Open. Why, you may ask. Well, because these are the weeks that I do the best. Um, now, it's it's fortunately been a, a great start to this year, mainly because I've been working harder than I ever have at this, you know, little chip on my shoulder, kind of trying to prove myself at RPS and give the subscribers the best experience possible. Um, but we haven't even gotten to the shitty field events. These are my bread and butter. Uh, this is my biggest edge. This is why the fall swing has always been the most profitable stretch of the golf calendar for me. So I know it's not a great field. Zalatoris, Finau, really the headliners of note before you get into, you know, the Steven Yeagers and Nikolai Hoshgards. But if you're willing to do the legwork, uh, I think there's a big edge to be found, particularly on this golf course. So without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, Mexico Open, we have been coming here for two years now, okay? It's a new tournament. 2022, John Rahm wins over Tony Finau at 17 under. Rahm was plus 450 that week. 2023, Tony Finau wins over John Rahm, 24 under. Finau was plus 750 that week. Um. This year, no ROM to worry about, but we are getting fee, uh, we are getting fee now, and this golf course is in Vallarta, Mexico. It's called Vidanta Vallarta. It was designed in 2015 by Greg Norman. Par 71, 7,316 yards, six lakes. Water comes into play on 11 different holes. You know, it's not really an ocean course. The ocean doesn't really come into play on this course but there's still still some some inland water hazards the fairways are past palm measuring 41 yards wide wide fairways here and what do we know about past palm it's a stickier and slower grass you know this if you've ever played golf and you know places like mexico you're not going to get as much rollout that's why we'll be looking at things like carry distance and distance to apex on the rabbit hole. Can't find that at other places. That is going to be a lot more important this week than driving distance. Rough is past palm two inches. Uh, greens are past palm running 11 to 11.5 on the stint meter. You know, pretty slow greens uh, by tour standards. Uh, and it's a bit of a unique golf course. Okay. Um, I'll explain why you don't see too many golf courses on the PGA tour that have four par fives and three and five par threes. So the four par fives range 548 to 637 yards. The five par threes range 174 to 226. And it has five par fours that are over 450 yards 
uh, and six par fours that are over 500 yards. So right off the top, this is a pretty long course. Um, now, especially consider the fact that it measures almost 7,400 yards with five par threes and a drivable par four. This is a much longer golf course than the scorecard suggests. Um, and you're not even getting as much elevation as you would get at other parts in Mexico like Chapultepec. And you're not even going to get a lot of run out on Paspalum either. Um, so this golf course plays pretty long. Now, um, this is a very good token example of distance not being a determining factor in being able to really challenge golfers anymore okay wind is what challenged professional golfers um and maybe we'll get some wind this week and and wind is really the only thing that's going to prevent this tournament from not being won at 20 under plus okay but this is literally the golf course with the longest par fours and par fives on the pga tour and it still played as the 11th easiest golf course on the PGA Tour. The next year it played as the 12th easiest golf course on the PGA Tour once a lot of these guys. Remember, the first year nobody had ever seen it. Last year it played even a little bit easier because a lot of the guys that played at year one were coming back from year two. And they had a little experience on this golf course as well. And we can talk about the correlation of course history here. But... Uh, you get Rom winning the first year 17 under par by one stroke over Finau, Kitayama, and Brandon Wu. Of the top four finishers, at least three of them, Brandon Wu a little bit more volatile, entered this event as one of the 15 best elite drivers of the ball and long iron players in this field. Now, far too small of a sample size to make serious serious broad generalization generalizations about a definitive roadmap to success on this golf course but two years in we're starting to paint a, a pretty clear picture i would say that i feel pretty comfortable with right and that is that players who hit the ball a long way uh and are great mid to long iron players have a sizable advantage now everybody's listening to this podcast um everybody is going to tell you that same thing right so being able to identify the players that hit the ball a long way uh, may not really give you the advantage uh, that we would be hoping for there's still other advantages to be found however that can talk about all week um, but the main thing to keep in mind here is that's right like it, it, on on the surface in a vacuum Everything in my data points to the fact that powerful driving off the tee and far more so long iron play, okay? Because even if you do not hit the ball a long way off the tee, you still have guys like Eric Cole and Austin Smotherman who are actually not crazy long drivers of the ball, um, but are elite long iron players. Every single one of those guys, every single one of the top seven finishers in the field um, or every single one of the top seven finishers last year on the leaderboard, every single one of them entering the tournament was a top 20 long iron player in the field, even Smotherman. Okay. The only player actually six of seven, because the only player who is not a top 20 long iron player in the field was Brandon Wu, who is, you know, Brandon Wu is just the Prince of Paspalum, right? 
So the distance long iron thing, like it's, it's objectively correct. I think the one thing that you just have to keep in mind is, does the pendulum swing too far, right? If you hear every single podcast, every single person just parroting the distance and long iron play, hopefully people weigh distance more so than long arm play because long arm play is way more important than distance here. Um, but if you hear everybody parroting that same narrative, then a lot of those guys, like you're just going to get overinflated ownership on guys like Joseph Bramlett and Cameron Champ all week. And, and you know, then there's probably going to be opportunity on asking yourself the question of whether the uh, narrative has gone too far. But in a vacuum, it's it's not incorrect, okay? It's it's very important here. There's no better illustration of Vidanta Vallarta that, like I said, it features the longest set of par fours and par fives on the PGA Tour last year. Um, almost 40% of all shots are coming with with long iron, um, which happens when you get two to three longer par threes, three-ish, three to four-ish reachable par fives, and then six par fours where you're going to have uh, it's going to be over 450 yards. So suddenly you add that all together and it's like, wow, it's 11 potentially long iron shots on this golf course. Maybe eight, eight minimum, eight to 11 long iron shots on this golf course, depending on how you play the par fives. But with all that being considered, you know, the par fours rank 28th out of 45 courses in difficulty, and the par fives rank 30th out of 45 courses in terms of difficulty. So Vidanta Vallarta is just a lot of empty calories. Um, it's an extremely long golf course, but that does not mean it's a hard golf course. The greens are really flat. The green surrounds are fairly benign, so the consequence of misses is not incredibly great. Players are just going to have a long iron in their hands quite often. So... Um, it has the longest set of par fours and par fives on the PGA tour, but they don't even rank top 25 in difficulty. Um, so like I said, it's the kind of the perfect illustration of a golf course that proves that sheer length doesn't make golf hard at the professional level. Um, if you're getting into a debate with somebody about how far the golf ball travels and they tell you, you know, just make golf courses longer, you can point to Vidanta Vallarta being hole by hole like the longest golf course on the PGA Tour and tell them that we tried that and we still got to 25 under. Um, can't push it back much farther. Okay, uh, driving distance here, th- about 299.1, 7.7 yards above tour average. Driving accuracy, 63%, 4.3% above tour average. So this is a golf course uh, where you are going to absolutely bomb away off the tee on every hole. Um, the fairways measure a whopping 41.5 yards wide, 7.1 yards above tour average. Last year, Vidanta Vallarta ranked 38th out of 45 courses in strokes gain off the tee difficulty. And each of the last two years, it's ranked inside the top 10 in easiest strokes gained off the tee difficulty it has one of the higher standard deviations of driving distance on the pga tour and it ranked eighth and longest driving distance on tour featuring the 10th easiest fairways to hit on tour the fifth widest fairways to hit on tour 26 out of 45 courses in miss fairway penalty 34th out of 38 courses in miss fairway penalty the prior year so 
each of the last two years, it is ranked inside the top 10 in lowest rough penalty. Um, yes, the rough is absolutely negligible here. It really sits up on past pollen. There's some water to this course, but I would not worry much about accuracy here at all. You have to be pretty darn wild to truly find yourself in one of the hazards here. It's it's not it's not like a golf course like we'll see next week at PGA National where the water danger at that course is is revved up to a thousand. The landing areas are so wide here, and we saw this at El Cardinal, uh, you know, Diamante, the the fall swing, Mexico event, which is a great reference point for this golf course. Uh, it, it truly is. We, I mean, we hit EVR there, and um, a lot of the reasons that I was on EVR was because of uh, the correlation that I saw with this golf course. Um, so maybe you can back channel that as well. Uh, but last year, every single one of the top four gained to the field in driving distance and 12 of the top 15 gained in driving distance. The prior year, uh, nine of the top 10 gained to the field in driving distance. And the only player that did not was Tony Finau, who we know is capable of reaching back for a couple extra any time that he wants it. So one of the things I looked at here using the rabbit hole was carry distance and apex height. Why did I look at that a little bit more than driving distance? Because these fairways are really soft and you're going to be hitting a lot of long irons because this course is really long. So I wanted to see the guys that hit the ball really high off the tee. Um, and there's a lot of correlation there, but like, for example, Cameron Champ ranks third in carry distance and 16th in driving distance, okay? So Cameron Champ hits a really high and long ball. And what do you know? Cameron Champ, who's pretty terrible at golf, has had a tremendous amount of success at this golf course, a sixth and an eighth in two appearances. I'll give you another example. Joseph Bramlett. Fourth in carry distance, 15th in driving distance. That's one of the bigger deltas. Joseph Bramlett hits a really high ball, doesn't get as much roll, doesn't hit that tumbling ball fight. He finished 10th last year at Vidanta Vallarta. Another big delta here, Will Gordon. Sixth in carry distance, 56th in driving distance. Okay, so Will Gordon hits an incredibly high ball, doesn't get as much rollout on his drives, but hits it incredibly high. Will Gordon hits like these balloons. And what do you know? Will Gordon top 25 last year. Um, so there are a ton of examples of these guys where Stefan Jaeger's another example of a much uh, higher carry distance to the driving distance. You actually want to find these guys um, that hit the ball high on pass Paul. Taylor Pendrith's another example. Um we love Taylor Pendrith this week. Uh, Thomas Dietrich is another example. I like him a lot this week. Top five in carry distance, only 37th at driving distance. And then who are the guys that gain the most strokes off the tee on these driver-heavy golf courses with a low missed fairway penalty? Okay, this is something you can only do with the rabbit hole, and I find it incredibly valuable. Who are the types of guys that when you put them on golf courses where they don't really have to worry about much, they can kind of just swing away off the tee. Who are the guys and, and golf courses that encourage you to hit driver? 
Who are the guys that gained the most strokes? Keith Mitchell, Jonathan Vegas, Davis Thompson, who I think is going to win this week. Um, Garrett Higo, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Champ, Stefan Yeager. Um, interesting. A lot of guys I like in there. A lot of guys that have been good at this golf course before. It's almost like some of the data points that you can find in the rabbit hole with these obscure statistics are going to help lead you to players that have actually been good at this golf course. If you're kind of looking at the data that I'm that I'm laying out here, um, so not a surprise to see like somebody like Cameron Champ, who I have been saying for a really long time is not good at golf. Um, outside of one specific skill that he has, but he has this one skill that is better served for this golf course than any other golf course on the PGA Tour. Um, so he's actually live this week, in my opinion. Um, he just has not made a cut this year, which kind of dovetails the him not being very good at golf, but he also wins. So I actually don't think that's a bad bet. Um, on approach... Uh, 29th out of 45 courses in approach difficulty. Uh, each of the last two years, it's ranked inside the top 15 in easiest approach difficulty. And you have this whopping almost 65% of golf shots coming from over 175 yards. Like literally barely any shots from 125 to 175. You can't call this golf course a wedge fest. Um, it is certainly not a wedge fest. Now, with that being said, like the degree of difficulty on these approach shots are very easy. Okay. So just based on sheer volume, long iron play is going to be super, super important just because you're going to have so many of them. Um, and you're going to be able to generate a massive advantage on the field. If you're really good at that skill, um, which is why you've actually seen Tony Finau and John Rahm, waltz to the top of the leaderboard not just because they're the best players in this field but this is at a course that actually accentuates what they do best so their advantage grows even further on this golf course um, and you see somebody like eric cole last year who isn't a long driver of the ball but is an elite long iron player finish top five still um so I can't emphasize enough the importance of this skill uh, any further, long iron play. I think if you're just like dumbing it down and um, caring about one specific thing, I would say you can build some long iron centric lineups. Um, I'm not really a, a skill stacker in that sense, but I think there's certainly some value uh, in just identifying the players that happen to be elite at that particular skill. Um, let's see if any sneaky guys uh, pop out at that that may be lower priced. Bobby McIntyre, um, great long iron player. Chuck Hoffman, great long iron player. Rio Hisatsune, great long iron player. Alejandro Toasty, who finished 10th here last year. I love a little Toasty this week. Parker Cootie, Ben Silverman, Harrison Endicott. I'm just giving you the, the sleepers with this. Ches Reavy, Michael Kim, my guy Davis Thompson's good at this. There's Cameron Champ again. Jake Knapp is Jake Knapp, I can certainly tell you, passes the eye test as well from what I saw at Tory. He's a great long iron player under a limited sample size. Um 
But yeah, long iron play is incredibly crucial at this golf course. Around the green, on the other hand, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't value around the green here at all. Um, Pass Palm is an incredibly easy surface to chip on because the ball sits up. Okay, so these greens are pretty large. Um, I would expect players not to have to rely on their short game a lot here. You've got a higher greens and regulation percentage. If they're having to rely on their short game a lot, they probably aren't playing very well and you know, guess what? When you have slow greens, that actually makes chipping almost easier than putting. Just ask Victor Hovland, the Prince of Pass Palm, how easy it is to chip when you don't have to worry about undulation and speed. Uh, slow greens are going to remove uh, an element of touch from the equation. So I would not recommend valuing short game this week at all outside of bunker play uh, because, you know, you can look at uh, this golf course has like a ton of bunkers okay i have to pull up the course sheet to see how many but i just know uh from my experience on greg norman courses he tends to over bunker his course um and this course is no different so if you want to maybe look at a little bit of bunker play as an ancillary stat you can do that but um i i would not recommend looking at short game too much here at all putting very easy putting golf course 37th out of 45 in putting difficulty um, 30th out of 45 in putting difficulty inside five feet, 27th out of 45 in putting five to 15 feet, 38th in putting difficulty greater than 15 feet. So this is a, a big inverse from Riviera, one of the toughest putting courses on tour. You're going to get a really soft landing here. And here's what I will say about, uh, post Palm. I, uh, I went to Mexico, uh, last year over christmas i played golf every day on slow pass palm um and i hated it because the course that i play uh 90 of my rounds at my course in california those are rock hard super fast bent grass greens and i absolutely love those and i'm used to those so when you get on these slow sticky pass palm greens it's it's really different you almost have to like change your putting stroke a little bit to adapt i felt like i had to hit everything so hard um i felt like i was uh not over reading the putts because i'm kind of a die putter um when i'm used to putting on faster greens it, it always just feels like you have to ram it in if you putt the way i do i don't like it i'm sure some people do um and i've heard some people say uh, it's easier to putt on past palm greens. Mm, you know, I think it's a lot more of a personal preference thing, okay? Because I'm sure there are definitely players that aren't very good putters on fast greens that are just more comfortable and love slow greens, right? And that's where the preference aspect of this come in uh, comes in. I, I, you know, I think the reason why you maybe see more bad putters play well on pass palm is less about the speed and probably more about the fact that the pass palm greens are pretty flat, right? Like you go to Augusta, for example, um, Augusta has the most undulating greens on the PGA tour. Uh, and we see bad putters do well there all the time, right? Sergio, Hideki, Adam Scott, there's tons and tons of examples of bad putters putting well on the most difficult greens on tour. Uh, 
because you can make the argument that when greens are so difficult, some of the elite putters lose a little bit of their advantage. You can also conversely argue that it's, you know, bad putters are going to lose their way so much easier on tougher greens and good putters are going to be able to take advantage of the tougher greens and rise to the occasion easier. Kind of like the thing with good ball strikers on ball striking courses, you can apply some of that to the greens as well. And then you've got a million examples of guys who are bad putters putt well on the easiest greens on tour like this, uh, because They don't have to focus on reading the greens as much. They're slower. There's less undulation. Um, And then you also see some of the best putters in the world uh, raise their baseline and have a tremendous amount of success on pass palm, right? Guys like Justin Lauer, Brendan Todd, you know, the list goes on. I can run you through all the slow green putters. Like these guys are good putters on every surface and you put them on an easy surface and they're just going to hold more putts. The point I'm trying to make is you can argue this until you're blue in the face, right? There's so much data on both sides of that argument, okay? And to me, this is just a personal preference thing. So how can we identify the players that seem to like slow greens more, that seem to raise their baseline on slow greens more? Um, And I was looking at that, and this is a database that actually has the slower greens inputted correctly here. So I was very careful looking at the courses that I wanted to qualify for slower greens. But some of these slower green guys that raise their baseline, Peter Malnati, Justin Lauer, Brandon Wu, the Prince of Pospolum, Harrison Endicott popping up again, my guy Mark Hubbard, C.T. Pan, Ben Taylor, who's been really good at this golf course, Taylor Pendrith as well, another Taylor Pendrith sighting. Um, so you really want to look at, you're not going to get a lot of data on past palm because a lot of these courses don't have shot link outside of this one, but like Corrales, Puerto Rico open, all those courses don't have shot link. Um, but just looking at like the best players on past palm, you'll still be able to get a pretty good sense of, um, if they're comfortable on these greens, even by looking at strokes gain total, because you're going to have to, putting's going to have to be part of the equation and they're T to green past palm as well. So it should give you a pretty good sense of who's comfortable on past palm in general, and then slower green putters. Um, and then in terms of scoring stats, a ton of stuff I looked at on the rabbit hole. This is such a good rabbit hole week in terms of like nerding out. Like I was looking at, birdie or better percentage from the fairway because this is a golf course with a very high driving accuracy percentage. I was looking at golf courses that are really easy, but also long, right? I was looking at golf courses that are really easy, but also driver heavy. I was looking at resort courses. I was looking at tropical courses. I was looking at long past palm courses. I was looking at aggressiveness. I was looking, I mean, it's just, it's my playground. Um, it's, it's, it's a really wonderful tool. Like this is stuff that I did by hand. Like these are the types of stuff I did. I talked about on my podcast, filtering out different course types. This has been my biggest edge my entire career, hand building, filtering out these different course types, because I've long maintained that, you know, I've built my career on the fact that conditions matter, weather matters, grass matters, strategy on holes matter architecture matters agronomy matters all of these things matter and and then uh 
Then Ron built a, a site that saves me uh, hours, uh, literally like sleepless long nights. I used to have to stay up so late on like Fridays and Saturday nights building this by hand. Rabbit Hole uh, does that for you in a matter of seconds. Um, so I can talk about my model in a second. The other thing I want to mention real quickly in terms of course history you know, we really only have a two-year sample size, but we've had the same players finish first and second each of the last two years, obviously Finau and Rom, and third, really, with Brandon Wu, I think, finished third and fourth. Um, now, how much can we really glean from that when they were the best two players in the field? I think Brandon Wu is a more actionable data point. Like, why is Brandon Wu second and third here each of the last two years? Cameron Champ makes sense of why he has finished top eight each of the last two years same with Patrick Rogers finished 10th the last two years like that's a skill set that very very clearly works at Vidanta Vallarta but if you look at last year's top 14 six of them almost half did not play the prior year so you know half the guys in the top 15 of the leaderboard did not play the first year uh so you know this is about as straightforward and you know minimally strategically stimulating as it gets Akshay, Batia, Eric Cole both finished top five without playing here in 2022 um, there are of course some players Tony Fidal, Emiliano Griot, Brandon Wu, Cameron Champ, Patrick Rogers that uh, appear to have developed um, a strong comfortability here uh, but I would not knock a player too much um, I'm certainly betting some guys that have not uh played here before particularly if they played well in other longer past palm courses um because this golf course there's no strategy to this golf course like there is there's not a tee shot on this golf course where i think a player really has to be super deep in thought about a decision uh and even if they do a lot of the guys in this field aren't playing riviera um, so they'll be able to get down here, play a practice round, see the golf course. Uh, but yeah, the other ones you want to look at Coco beach, Puerto Rico open Corrales, El Cardinal at Diamante. Those are all like 7,400 plus wide open off the tee. Very visually similar. A lot of bunkers past Palum, um, resort courses, right? These are golf courses, that are not designed for PGA Tour golf. They're designed for resort play. And then the PGA Tour comes in and says, let's host an event here. And, you know, all they can really do to challenge the pros is make it as long as possible and hope for some wind. And we've gotten a little bit of wind the past couple of years. It's a week to monitor the weather for sure. There have been different variations. If you look at round by round, there's been some rounds that have been windier than others. Um, and, this course can play hard if you get wind. It's it's certainly long enough, and and wind just in general makes a golf course play uh, play longer. Uh, and this is already long, so uh, be sure to monitor the weather throughout the week as as well. We'll be talking a lot about that in the Discord too. But let us dive into the model uh, because. This is a banger. Feel really good about this model. Actually, before we dive in, let us take a very quick break, uh, and then we will go through my top 20 and some early leans. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Top 20 in the model. You can see the whole model uh, at betspertsgolf.com. Promo code inside golf for 25% off. Tony Finau, number one. Very interesting Finau decision. Um, Tony Finau is not the player that John Rahm is. Not even close, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and I think the delta between Finau and the rest of the field, I even think the delta between Rahm and Finau was greater than the delta between. Finau and the second best guy in the field who's Zalatoris right now. Uh Jaeger, Hoshgard, right? My model says Jaeger. Uh, but Zalatoris is on the up and up and and clearly, you know, I, I, I'd say Peak Zalatoris is probably better than Finau too, in my opinion as well. He sure, certainly plays better on the biggest stages and, and on uh at major championships. I, I do think I'm taking Zalatoris over Fidel any day of the week in terms of just eye test who's better at golf. Now, this golf course, however, uh, Fidel knows this golf course really well, okay? Um, I specifically remember each of the last two years, I played Fidel over Rom uh, and, and did well these weeks, even somehow managing to fade Rom who finished uh, first and second. It helped that Finau finished first and second. And uh, as well, Finau was just at a cheaper price and lower ownership than Rom. Uh, and I think it'll be an interesting decision this week on Finau because he's not playing that great. Um, he's putting terribly, although now you get him on really easy greens. Okay, so if there's like a get-right spot for Finau's putting... It's here, just like we saw Scheffler's best putting performance at the season be at Phoenix. Like, this is Finau's Phoenix in terms of putting. He puts a lot better here. Um, 
but I'm very curious to see where Finau comes in, uh, especially if Zalatoris wins tomorrow. Okay, um, I'm recording this on Saturday evening. Zalatoris is a pretty decent chance to win at Riviera. Do they price Zalatoris ahead of Finau? If I know it's only his fourth start back, but uh, coming back from a major surgery, but Zalatoris wins Riviera. Ah, Finau, the defending champion, it's tough. It's going to be tough. But Finau won, Jaeger two. <clears throat> Jaeger is great on these golf courses. Like I remember betting Jaeger in the fall in Mexico too. Um, Jaeger's great on resort courses. He's great on. He's sneaky, super long off the tee. Um, plays great in these easy scoring conditions. Brandon Wu, number three, the Prince of Pospolum. He's finished second and third here the last two years. Taylor Pendrith, number four. I think that's your winner this week. Um, Taylor Pendrith. EVR, number five. Um, for a lot of the same reasons that we loved Eric Van Ruyen in Mexico in the fall, we love Eric Van Ruyen this week as well. It's a great golf course for Eric Van Ruyen. Number six, Alex Smalley. Alex Smalley has played well here. Great golf course for Alex Smalley. Seven, Mark Hubbard. Kind of the example of like the Eric Cole from last year where he's not a long driver of the ball, but he remains such an elite long iron player that this golf course still actually is advantageous to Mark Hubbard despite the driver because of all the long irons he's going to get. Hoshgard number eight. I think that'll be a, a popular selection. Nate Lashley, nine. I always love Nate Lashley. He always rates out well for me. Doug Gim, number 10. Doug Gim's playing some great golf. Um, he helped me out a lot at Phoenix. Um, 11, Carson Young. 12, Justin Lauer. Those are two really good sleepers. I will be betting Carson Young. 13, Johnny Vegas. I think Johnny Vegas is starting to make a little bit of a comeback. Showed some signs of life at Phoenix. I think we'll be back on Vegas as well. Zalatoris, 14. My guy Grayson Sig, 15. I love Grayson Sig this week as well. He's great on these types of golf courses. Cameron Champ, 16. I think if you're ever going to bet Cameron Champ, if you're a Cameron Champ guy, this is the week to do it. Uh, but can you stomach four missed cuts to start the season? Just hemorrhaging strokes on approach. Still a great long-term uh Long iron player, though, you want to play Cameron Champ on long iron courses. It's like hilarious how terrible that guy is with a wedge. Um, and such a such a powerful driver of the ball as well. Andrew Novak, 17, great iron player uh, <laughs> for this field. Uh, 18, Patrick Rogers. Patrick Rogers, got to love the course history with Patrick Rogers. Uh, he always seems to show up here. 19, Austin Eckrote. Uh, who can definitely win this event. He's played well at Pass Palm in the past. Corrales, number 20, Davis Thompson, who I absolutely love this week. Um, so uh, there are a couple guys that I am going to be absolutely in on when odds drop on Monday morning. Um, Taylor Pendrith and Davis Thompson are my first two bets. Uh, I'm... I, I I don't have a good read on what their numbers will be, to be honest with you. I, I'm I cannot see a scenario where I'm priced out of betting Taylor Pendrith and, and Davis Thompson when I look at those odds and see that those guys are way lower than what I would make them. But Pendrith, eighth in this field in carry distance. 
tenth off the tee on driver heavy courses with a low miss fairway penalty. So Pendrith driver will be an absolute weapon here. Great overall iron player. Twelfth in overall approach play. Third in proximity, one seventy five to two hundred. Twenty fourth in proximity, two hundred yards plus. Eighth on slow greens. So this guy is checking all of the boxes. Okay, power off the tee. Great on wide open driver heavy courses with a low miss fairway penalty. Great overall approach player. Great long iron player. Does his best work on slower greens. Okay, fifteenth on resort courses. Plays aggressively, okay? Great going for the green hit percentage. Fifth on easy, driver-heavy, long golf courses. So Pendra thrives on these types of wide-open, driver-heavy, easy golf courses. Um, He's got a 30th here uh, in his only appearance where he gained 4.3 on approach and 1.8 putting. Uh, He also finished 15th this year in Mexico and he's coming off a ninth at Torrey Pines. Uh, that's another long driver heavy golf course with a low missed fairway penalty where he gains strokes in all four major categories. Okay. So ninth at Torrey Pines. He also has a 10th at the Sony open. So he's playing great. He's playing great right now, uh, particularly for this field. And it's just an incredible course fit. He has the power off the tee to annihilate this course. He's an elite middle to long iron player. One of the best low green putters in this field. Great on easy resort courses. Great on easy wide open driver heavy courses. Has a 30th here already where he gained over four strokes on approach. 15th in Mexico this fall. Um, that's your winner, Taylor Pendrith. Um the other guy I want to highlight, there are a lot of good options this week. Like I, I do like Jaeger. I do like Dietrich a lot. Um, I, I do like Doug Gim a lot. Alex Smalley, Brandon Wu, obviously. Patrick Rogers, Carson Young, Johnny Vegas, Grayson Sig. Like, I love all these guys. Um, but Davis Thompson, okay? And now Davis Thompson hasn't played here before. But he's a great driver of the ball. He hits the ball high. He hits the ball long. He's third off the tee on wide open driver heavy courses. So you want to play Davis Thompson on these types of wide open, low missed fairway courses. He gains um, he gains off the tee like pretty much no other player in this field. Okay, he just loves these types of golf courses. He's a great overall iron player as well. He's eleventh in overall approach play, twelfth in proximity, two hundred yards plus. So he's checking those boxes. He's got the power off the tee. He's got the great long iron play. He's actually had some solid success on slower greens and on pass palm. He makes a ton of birdies. Right, you put Davis Thompson in the fairway, which he's going to be in the fairway on this golf course because of this driver third in this field and fairway birdie or better percentage um eighth on driver heavy easy golf courses so he scores he makes a ton of birdies he's been tremendous on these driver heavy birdie fests he's coming off a 15th at the phoenix open where he gained 4.2 on approach 2.1 putting um he caught the wrong side of the wave, too, in Phoenix, right? So he got a three-stroke disadvantage in Phoenix, still finished top 15. Um, so he's a great long iron player, a powerful driver who makes a ton of birdies. Uh, I think it's a slam dunk this week with Davis Thompson 
I really do. Oh, by the way, also 15th at El Cardinal this fall in the fall swing. Um, the most highly correlated course, in my opinion, that in Corrales. So Davis Thompson, um, Taylor Pendrith, and then I'll give you one more sleeper. One more sleeper. Um, Carson Young. I think this is a great, great golf course for Carson Young. Now, he does not have the power off the tee that those other guys do, but he makes up for it by being a top 25 long iron player in this field. Great on slow greens, great on pass pollen. Uh, he played here last year, finished 15th, gaining over seven strokes ball striking and 1.8 putting. So despite not having this elite power off the tee, um, he still gained over seven strokes ball striking because he's still he's a good driver of the ball, a great long iron player, a great putter on slow greens, great on pass palm, makes a ton of birdies. Um, also finished, there's that Mexico connection for us as well in the fall swing, ninth at El Cardinal. He's also got a 38th at Corrales Punta Cana as well. Carson Young is coming off a 41st in Phoenix where he gained 3.7 on approach. Um, and he has now uh, gained over three strokes on approach and back-to-back starts. So Carson Young's, the irons are there. The past palm form is there. The the form on this golf course is there. The form in Mexico is there. Um, I doubt he, you know, probably low sevens, maybe high sixes for Carson Young. That's a steal. I'm going to be betting him as well. Um, so that would do it for me. That's all. Um, that's all I got today with those. Those three guys are big ones. There are a lot more guys that I like, but you know, there are, I'm going to have to narrow it down based on what the odds are saying. The base, the, the, the three main guys I'm betting probably at no matter what I mentioned in Pendrith, Davis Thompson, and Carson Young. Um, and uh, I think it's hopefully going to be a fantastic Sunday for me uh, at Riviera. And if it's not, that's okay too. I still had a wonderful time this week. I love Riviera. I look forward to this event every year. It was um, it was a lot of fun to you know, meet some new people and see, um, how much the podcast has helped a lot of people this year. I continue to be, uh, incredibly humbled by the fact that the podcast is doing the best it's ever have, have, (laughs) can't speak at the end of this podcast podcast is doing the best it ever has in a really fractured golf world where I totally understand if people are burnt out on pro golf right now and, the PGA tours lost a lot of talent and, you know, I, I get it. Uh, and so I, I so humbled by the Betspurt stuff in week one and the rumpier sports stuff in week one and, and this podcast. And, um, it's been a great little run we're on. Um, and let's keep it going, uh, this week in Mexico. So best of luck with your bets this week in Riviera on Sunday. Hopefully we get some formulation of Xander, Cantlay, and Zal and Jason Day uh, sticking around the top. Xander winning's the most profitable for me, but I'd still take a Cantlay or Zalatoris win. Um, 
and enjoy the golf this weekend on Sunday. And we will back on this podcast feed uh, back on Tuesday morning. Cheers. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.